0: Hi, this is Marlene, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or mp3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime, for Scary Storytelling, Nightshade Diary for Classic Horror and Adventure Stories, Stories of the Supernatural for Interviews with Different Guests on the Show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, You can visit Strange and Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, stories of the supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. I'm doing well. Um, I know people... My knee is still messed up from the last show. I know people had asked me how's your knee doing after and for those of you who didn't catch the last show, I was out with my chickens, of course, and it's been raining here. It's rainy season in Florida, and I didn't realize that the mud where I was stepping on was like a mud pie like and I did one of those I was trying to do the twist and keep my balance, and I did something to my left knee, and still it's still hurting um it's I walk around with like a limp and of course my right foot is hurting because I'm using, it. I'm putting all this weight on it because it's doing all the work. So yeah, I'm feel like (laughs) I'm living on ibuprofen. And as a matter of fact, I'm waiting to go see an orthopedic, but yeah, such is life. But besides that, everything is good. And, and for those of you who always are asking me, how's the chick scenario? And, And I had already put videos of, um, the last chicks that we hatched and and that i had bought five or six of the rhode island reds um at a farm supply store by here and it just so happened that they were close and age to the ones that were hatched so basically i used my hen and at night i stuck these new chicks in and she took them over and they're they're fine they're running around and there's a video now let's update the chicken diary um, I have had a very small, really, really small, all white bantam hen. She was like, I'm not kidding, we used to call it a little dove. She's really small. I hatched her way back when I was living in South Florida. She, and I had mentioned this before, even though I have lattices under some of the, um, the sheds that I have, she's so small. Because one of the reasons why we put the lattice besides uh, is that we didn't want the chickens going in there and making nests and hatching chicks and then, uh, uh you know. I have to control the population somehow but she was so small that she could fit in through the lattice and that's exactly what she did okay she started her own nest i could tell one of my dogs that he would when he goes crazy and i didn't see her long story short she had been there and a couple of times she would come out to eat something killed her something killed her and i i guesstimated she had been on those eggs about two weeks and if anybody knows it's about a 21-day uh period for uh chicken eggs to hatch. 19, 20, 21 days. So I got on my I crawled under the shed and I got I was able to recover eight eggs. That's what she had in the nest. She was a real good little mommy. She really kept them warm. And I trans I had some broody hens. She always had broody hens. And you know, I would be, be removing their eggs, but they were still broody, so I stuck the eggs under there. And um one of the ones that took them over was i i have a a a polish hen her name is jaja i've had her for eight years she took them over and uh the day yesterday was it yesterday morning i went in there and one chick was hatched so i was like okay i gotta get these chicks and these eggs into um into a cage by themselves because if not other hens go in there and they could these were little real chicks because These are from that small Bantam and I've got her. She's so far of the eight; she's hatched six eggs. You know, one of those things where you lose an animal, but you still got the babies. And I had my fingers crossed because those eggs were under there like more than a day without a hen on them. And yes, it's incredible to think that this is a show about the paranormal. I'm talking so much about chickens, but what can I say? (laughs) It's one of those deals. But let's get on to the good part. I will keep on with the chicken diary and and I'll film the, the chicks which are beautiful for the next show. But let me tell you what the good part is, of course, which is who my guest is. And my guest is Mr. Christopher George and he's been here before he is the founder of anubis paranormal research organization he holds credentials in parapsychology and alternative history he's a renowned parapsychologist who who studied at one of south california's prestigious colleges in their parapsychology laboratory from 1979 to 1982 as a research associate uh during his three decade career he's investigated more than 2500 cases of ghost hauntings poltergeist and conducted extensive studies in hauntings cryptozoology and the ufo phenomenon uh, he's also taught paranormal studies to students at hodges university in south florida where he shared many facets of the scientific approach to the paranormal yes the science and the paranormal do meet believe it or not uh, his primary career has been in the role of park ranger and his experience in law enforcement historical identification and research has helped him to explore both the physical world and the paranormal world working hand in hand and i'd like you to help me welcome him back how are you doing chris
1: well, i'm doing real good marlene how are you doing <laughs> good besides what happened to your, your little uh, life i'm life telling life. you it's <laughs>
2: like <laughs> sometimes
0: I can, it's like hey man i, I think i need a, a, a sitcom or reality show or even though i think reality reality shows are on their way out but yeah sometimes it does feel like you know things that happen it's like you know somebody got to come out and be saying i'm filming you because <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. There's nothing like almost falling flat on a mud pie. Oh, but um, anyway, we talked like years ago. I want to say 2018, possibly or 2017. Yeah. And um, before we get into, you know, you – I didn't know until I spoke to you now that you're no longer in California because when we spoke in the first show, you lived in California in one of the oh. places that you had um, – Investigated thoroughly, and you had such great stories. Was about the Queen Mary uh, mm-hmm. over in Long Beach, and I wanted you to continue because of what you told me. What's okay. what's the what's the fate of the Queen Mary
1: right now? Right now, she's uh, unfortunately in in pretty bad shape. Uh, mm-hmm. They did have to close her for COVID. Uh, she was, right. of course, a, a working hotel, uh, but. They the intent was that they were going to go ahead and start to uh, do some repairs on her. So they were doing some basically cosmetic repairs uh, to upgrade her. But okay. the problem was that she's not almost ninety years old, uh, almost a hundred when you put it into that yes. context. Uh, she was built in the thirties, so it's really they. She's been sitting in Long Beach Harbor since mm-hmm. uh, 1968. And uh, so she's been there for a while. And 50 something is, years. Yeah, exactly. So she's been sitting in this enclosure that they made for her, but mm-hmm. she is floating. Now, uh, they, like I said, before the, the closure, uh, they mm-hmm. were doing some cosmetics. Now I had special carte car blanche, shall we say, because okay. I've been aboard so many times, and I also worked very closely with the the company, and okay. uh, that was was working, you know, that basically operated her. So it uh, there were places on the ship that I got to go to that no one else got to. But in addition to that, I, I did grow up out there. Uh, okay. When I was uh, ten years old, my dad transferred out to Southern California, to Long Beach. So, I'd always had a definitive uh, love for ocean liners, and I used to sneak aboard the ship and investigate. And I had heard stories about the ghosts and, and being a ghost okay. ship. But at that time, it was not popular to have. Right, a, not a like ghost now, ship. yeah. Exactly. So, you kind of had to keep hush hush about it. And I don't remember if I told you the story or not of. Uh, being in the back area of the ship and... uh No, but it, keep going. Keep going. I want to hear this. Yeah, I was uh, crawling through the, the back areas and, and areas. In fact, I went all the way to the back, back part of the ship where the rudder control was. And it was wow. nothing but rust. And I yeah. came out of that. And so I kind of brushed myself off and I was walking around a corridor and there was a, a, a man standing there. And I went, oh crap, I'm in trouble. They caught I'm me. Busted. <laughs>
2: I'm busted. 14 years old.
1: Of well, course. I also, I also used to sneak aboard without paying because I knew the back way into the ship. And so I thought, oh crap, they caught me. So this gentleman looked at me really odd and I kind of brushed off a little bit more rust. And <laughs> he went ahead and, and asked me, um, what are you? Or, or I asked him. What? No, he asked me. What are you doing here? And I said, "Well, what are you doing here?" And, <laughs> that's that's a typical teenager reply, by the way. <laughs> and he says, "Why well, asked you first. And I said, very sheepishly, "I said, well, I'm I'm ghost hunting." And his face lit up. He said, "So am I." Well, that gentleman. <laughs> was Peter James, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Peter yes, James. Yes, of course I've heard of Peter James. He, he really was involved with a yes. lot of the paranormal activity aboard the Queen Mary, and uh, the nicest guy in the world, and he actually became like a mentor to me. He would take okay. me on trips into the ship, and and have him work with him and so on but during that whole period of time you know i was studying more and more about the paranormal world because it just seemed to be a part of me but getting back to the to the situation with the the queen mary uh Mm -hmm. after they did closer they did discover several several areas of structural damage and they were shocked by the amount and they're fearful, still are fearful, fearful that she may yeah. even capsize in the, in the right. harbor. In other area. words, it's not safe to, yeah. Exactly, nobody should be on there at this point mm-hmm. unless it's like fire crews and, and, and so on, but yeah. uh, which is heartbreaking because <sighs> yeah. for so many years, the city has always owned the Queen Mary, but they'd lease it out to private groups. The only mm-hmm. time, and had the city not kind of uh, uh, not playing so nice? There's other ways I would have phrased it. Uh, Disney wanted to buy it. Okay. And create another marine park. Okay. And used Mary as the, as the center stage. Sure. But they declined and came out of the project. So retained under the city. But then other. Industries came in and they promised the city would grant them X amount of money if they mm-hmm. would go ahead and do the work to maintain, number one, and to right. repair, number two, any of the issues with the Queen Mary. A lot of that money went missing.
0: A yeah. Lot of
1: that money and let's face
0: it, anything missing. that sits in salt water and is that age,
1: you know that oh, it's going to be 100%. costly. Absolutely. So it's... Even when I'd go down into the boiler room, which was absolutely humongous, they mm-hmm. had taken out the boilers when they brought her over from England. Right. And uh, but I mean, it was just a cavernous, cavernous area. And uh, but you could see the damage even back then, and that was years, Many years ago, right? And, and you so- were,
0: and this was for your untrained eyes, so for exactly, somebody that was, exactly.
1: yeah. So, uh, but I mean, if it's that obvious to to somebody like me, a maritime expert is going to go in there, especially a structural engineer. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go, what the heck? And that's yeah. basically what just recently happened. When right. they closed, closed the doors to the hotel, um, they brought in experts to make sure that she was... Probably proactive. they said, oh, we'll use this time wisely. Right, Yeah. Right. And then they realized that to get her safe, it would cost over $20 million. Yeah. And, and that's probably that's probably just like to be able to open the doors if that. Exactly. And the ironic thing about it back in 68, the city only paid $6.8 for the Queen Mary. <laughs> that's incredible. <And laughs> so you can see where economics has led. Sure. But that is just to make sure that he doesn't sink. Right, right, On right. Of, of course, that, yeah. There's still another additional twenty million dollars worth of repairs, and
0: can you imagine
1: if a boat like
0: that capsizes? oh my god
1: it'd be It'd be really heartbreaking number one, and
0: yeah. they would
1: more than likely have to scrap her Oh, of and course, but even more, the cost of that has got to be astronomical well, well and and the loss to history yes, yes he is the yes. last great liner left yes. And uh, I mean, yeah, we've got the newer ones and so on, but everything aboard that ship is as it was in mm-hmm. the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Yeah, uh, it's got a lot of history. Of it is. It's a piece of history that definitely needs to be taken care of. But the thing, too, is as they were going through the structural engineers, they found rooms and things like that that hadn't been opened since 68. So really? They were time capsules, and machinery is so moves and things. So I mean, there's the Queen Mary has a lot of mysteries, and yeah. a lot of uh, paranormal activity. I mean, oh no, no, no! But I
0: think that's more. so interesting because you know what people sometimes assume when they see, uh, for example, shows that they've done that that ship has been investigated from. What was it everywhere? And what you just said, that there's many probably uh, staterooms or cabins that it was mm-hmm. like, we're not going to open it up. We're only going to use this portion. Right. And just leave them sealed. Yeah. And like you said, time goes by. And there you go.
1: It's incredible what you might find yeah, in is- there. Well, even like I said, when I was young, I'd go into places that I shouldn't. And there I remember going into the old theater. Now, they had not opened that old theater up Uh God only knows how long but the thing was there were old movie posters that were still intact Mm -hmm. and uh, you you think wow and you do, you literally step back in time when you're walking these desks Uh, it, it does have a presence to it and the one thing about the Queen Mary I have spoken about this on several occasions and People have kind of confirmed it, that worked on her. I believe that with all the energy that's been imprinted on her from deaths, from activities, you know, she was involved in the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, had a, a mishap with her uh, escort the Curacao, which was a mm-hmm. destroyer escort. They called her the gray ghost. Right, I, 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 I heard that that. Which that was during wartime, common- right? Yeah, that was when she was a troop carrier. She carried more troops than uh, in one run, than, uh, which helped speed up the war in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was astronomically. It was standing room only on the ship. But she was, um, she was ordered never to stop because of the amount of troops. Well, her escort destroyer cut in front of her. And the Queen Mary being faster than the Curacao, sliced her right in half oh. and the entire crew perished. Oh, the ship God. itself sank within 10 minutes sure. and, but they could not stop. And uh, so all of those people literally died. So you've got that kind of energy. Yes. And uh, so with that, but where I was going with this, when you walk aboard her, mm-hmm. you get the feeling that she's alive. Maybe not sentient, but definitely alive. So much, so
0: many things that people because everybody hears sometimes the famous stories or the well told. But you know how many drama, much drama played out there.
1: Oh gosh, countless good times. People have no idea. Well, and I think that has a lot to do with the hauntings.
2: To be honest
1: with you, yes, because it was when you look at one end of it you've got the sadness of the deaths that occurred. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, you've got all the joy that was there. And I've always said, if you're a spirit and you decide to stay earthbound, would you Mm want to linger in a grave graveyard where your body is and, and reminisce, or would you rather go to a place that you love and hang out with, yeah. Possibly other people that you knew. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's one of those that I really feel that to happen. And um, it's, it's it, she's very, she's a very odd ship, like I said. Uh, one time I stayed aboard her and there was hardly anybody staying on board mm-hmm. on the ship, but it was so active. You'd okay. see shadows under your door you wouldn't hear footsteps. Okay. Um, you'd have water. And uh, I was filming one night, uh, I think the night before we, uh, I and my son left, and uh, I was going down the hallway, you know, and you're, I had my camcorder up, and I'm just kind of watching where I walked instead of <laughs> really looking through the viewfinder. Mm-hmm. And when I got home, I was amazed at everything that was on that uh, video. Okay. And there was one in particular shot that I had. Now, when you're walking the corridors of the Queen Mary, uh, they slant kind of like in a, a, a boat. Okay. Uh, that's how ships are, uh, are made. And so I was walking down. I had the camera going. I was headed to the, the, uh, um, the secondary stairwell uh, to go up to the boat deck. And as I walked, I didn't see anything. I just just kept filming. Well, when I reviewed the tape, at the very end of the hallway, you see this little girl. And now I didn't see her. Like I said, there was I ran into nobody. when I was doing this not a living soul. Shall we Mm -hmm. say? Yeah, but all of a sudden, this little girl starts walking towards me. The only problem was she didn't have any legs. All right, that's the, what did you do, Chris? Well, I mean, it's again, it's like in the paranormal field, you really don't get scared until you. Until afterwards. The <laughs> yeah, and it was like, holy you know what? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I assumed it was Jackie. Now, okay. remember, we were talking about Peter James. Yes, yes. Now, he would audibly talk to little Jackie okay. all the time. And she would respond. And I was thinking maybe it was Jackie. Somehow she recognized me or something. Mm -hmm. But before she could get to me, I walked up the steps and up onto the boat deck. Well, the other aspect of it was I wanted to get a panorama shot of her. So I went down into the parking lot and I was panning back and forth along the, the ship. And again, not seeing anything continuing to review it when I got home and you see all these people up on the boat deck Wow! and there was even a dog sitting on a bench. That's incredible. Looked like a German shepherd. So she is so filled and, and they do estimate that there could be up to 800 to 1500 spirits on board.
0: Yeah. So then what do you think would happen if for some reason they decide not to rescue her? What happens to those spirits? Because, you know, a lot of people always... Mm.
1: Hmm. Well, and, and, and this goes back to, like, when you tear down an alleged haunted house. Where, right. where do they go? And does the land continue to be haunted? Kind of right. like with the Titanic. What's to say that... And, and there have been investigations... In the artifacts and it has activity. So, do they remain with any part of that an attachment? So to right.
0: Say? And you know what? You beat me to the my next question because you, 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 I'm sure you've heard of that that story that was circulating about that Eastern Airlines jet, the one that went down in the Everglades, and they took some right. of the parts and they used them, and then they started various really credible witnesses having right. of the pilots that died. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, you know, if they decide, well, you know what, it's too costly to to salvage her. We'll, sure. we'll sell what we can. And then it makes you wonder, is that going to happen if whoever gets any piece of her gets a little extra to go with it?
1: Right. And it very well could happen. I mean, how many times have, have we encountered something that has an attachment? To be honest with you, I sometimes hate to go into antique stores. oh my god yes i tell everybody you better be right you know
0: the the the,
1: you know i tell everybody
0: um you know people leave things on the curb many times just trying to be generous they it's like take it you know and sometimes i tell people you know if you ever get a if you get a wonky feeling off of something sometimes it's better just to leave it because you don't know that might be all of uh somebody that passed away in the house and it's in good shape and the family is just leaving it out for you know, somebody else to use, but whoever belonged to is thinking, hey, that, that, that's mine. Wait, hold
1: yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and they, they can get downright angry if you try to do something with their things. I mean, it'd be yes. like us. Wait, I love that. that wow, how can you be taking that? We sometimes forget that spirits were people, too. Oh, and course. they're going to have the same convictions that you and I have when it comes to personal belongings or okay, so. our living environment or, or whatever. You know
0: and it, it, it's and I'm, I'm going to interject this real quick, Chris, based on what you're just right now, what you're saying. And, you know, earlier and, and I mean, my audience knows that I moved a few months ago and, I, and we were talking about how much crap we have and how much stuff we want to bring with us. And believe it or mm-hmm. not, while I was in the middle of this that I realized, man, there's so much of the stuff that I really don't need. I said, you know what? This is probably what happens to people that pass away and become attached to certain items that you think, wow, it's so weird. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing it i'm doing yeah. it where you all of a sudden you want you know this And i'm thinking you know now i it gives a better understanding you know these people that you say hey they built the house or right. they lived there 20 30 40 years or in that case of the item it was like man this is for you to understand that sometimes just because you transition into basically you're a ghost or whatever you want to call it that you mm-hmm. do this is your thing whatever that thing is yeah. and uh yeah it's our nature and then by this, I'm, I'm not a hoarder, you know, because some people say, are oh, you hoarding? No, I'm not a hoarder. But I'm saying, I think as humans, there's a part of us that likes the familiarity of certain objects that either they're just it's like, hey, it's this has been with me a long time or I've got good memories. And mm-hmm. I can very easily see where in the case of the Queen Mary or what we were talking about, that some of that stuff is going to be
1: uh, maybe have a special tie into a, uh, some type of discarnate that's there well and you see how collectible especially um, oh, yes. Queen Mary. Since, like, we were, like I said she's the last of her kind yes. and you go on to ebay you can find things from the Queen Mary um, from her heyday mm-hmm. but again if, if God forbid anything should happen to that ship mm-hmm. that psychic energy has got to go somewhere and- well,
0: even what you said, I can I can just imagine I'm going to put on my uh, I'm just making money hat, you know, some investor that says, hey, you know what? I bet you that if all these cabins that we we're talking about that haven't been opened that are like very accurate description, time capsules, you know how much mm-hmm. money we could get for some of this memorabilia? And yeah. it's like I could see where the, you know, you know, how sometimes people sell stuff on eBay and places like mm-hmm. that because supposedly it's haunted. And I have a feeling that if something like that happened with any of the stuff from the Queen Mary, it's like, don't advertise it, but there's a good chance you're gonna get something that comes along with the article.
1: Well, I'll I'll give you a little story of something that will probably amaze you. It's not very well known, but enough years have already passed. Uh, When they were filming Titanic down Mm -hmm. in Rosarito, Mexico, uh, they were having problems and they were almost having poltergeist activity. Really? Now, this was nothing more than a facade, but Cameron, when he made that movie, did it so accurately, right down to the silverware. Okay. But it was was the Titanic reincarnated Mm -hmm. in many ways, but they actually, contacted us at that time and asked us to come down and find out it was it their imagination. Was it structural? Was it uh, something, you know, somebody playing jokes? Well, we more or less assume since they went ahead and recreated that ship for that movie in such detail and such a tragedy of death that somehow or another, the spirits that were involved with the sinking Mm -hmm. of the titanic somehow migrated to that location and that is one of the reasons why instead of keeping it as is Mm -hmm. you know like for a a, basically a a showman's sport because it was at that time the highest grossing movie they completely destroyed it the set
0: they did That's yeah. incredible because you hear about all these great sets. How later on other movies they, you know, they they use them because it's like it's such a great set. Yeah. They destroyed it.
1: They completely destroyed it, and they dumped it into a a uh, refuge or refuse uh, facility all the time. And That's actually, incredible. people would go out and retrieve pieces uh. from the set. And uh, it, but that is something that. Was pretty much unheard of at that right. time. Now, how can this facility be haunted? They created that that movie area, yeah. that studio area, from a vacant beach, really? and they built it up from that. It was purposely built for the movie Titanic, and now it all was of just a sudden, too good, having, too perfect of an imitation. Exactly. So do spirits migrate to yeah. something similar or connected to, which could very well happen with the Queen Mary, just like we were saying.
0: And you if, know what? I'm, I'm going to, this is, believe it or not, this story that you told me, I've never forgotten it. It's one of my favorite stories of ghosts. And I remember you mentioned to me that one of the times you saw, because, you know, the Queen Mary is known for certain ghosts that, like you said, Jackie Mm -hmm. and others. I remember you told me something about seeing a man in a zoot suit.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And I've never forgotten that because I said, you know what, this is such a great story because people sometimes think that the only um, ghosts or spirits that are in a place are the ones that were there. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you do have the other way around. You get them from somewhere else that say, hey, man, this is great. This is full of... uh, I got a lot of company because that's such an unusual sighting. And so how can I say, um, you know, the, the time period when zoot suits were being used?
1: Right, right. And e- even when you think about it, a zoot suit on a transatlantic right. travel, it just, it, 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 you're thinking kind of like 20s and flappers and things like yes. that. Yes, yes. In, in, in tuxedos and, and so forth. And it, 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 but there again, it's is time it's frustrating to a parapsychologist like me because I'm always <laughs> looking at the science before sure. getting to that little chunk golden nugget of, of paranormal. And you think, all right, I'm looking at this guy, he's in a zoot mm-hmm. suit. What's he doing? What what the heck is he doing here? It doesn't fit in. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: And it just, and that's one of the things too, that so many people have run into individuals on the Queen Mary that they thought they were reenactors. Isn't that crazy when they're so solid? Exactly. People think they're real. And, you know, they'll converse with them. And then you find, and that, that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I told you this part of the story. Go ahead. Um, this was still at the same time that um, I was filming. I got the film with Jackie. And uh, I and my my son at that time um, went out there. And, uh, you know, we... Uh, he, he'd never seen California. So I wanted him to see the Queen Mary, because it was such a big part of my life. And uh, so the thing is we got in there about 11 o'clock at night and uh, we had already, um, I had moved. And uh, so it took us a little time to drive out. And uh, so we got there at 11 o'clock, So, went ahead and started to check in and there was the, the bellman who was standing at the, at the, the podium and uh, really nice guy, really, really nice guy. And, uh, I kind of was asking him some questions under the cuff, you know, uh, have you ever seen anything, uh, okay. strange? And I knew that they had closed off the swimming pool. Okay. And so he says, well, if I didn't tell you to go down the hallway and if I didn't tell you (laughs) to use the last door and open it. And if I didn't tell you to walk down three flights of stairs, (laughs) and if I didn't tell you, then go to your left and uh, go through that door, then I wouldn't have told you that that's where the swimming pool. Yeah. So we kind of laughed about it and so on. And so uh, he brought up the, the, um, our luggage and uh, so sure enough and that was a weird thing too because we went ahead followed his directions got into the swimming pool area and the door that we used was unlocked so that was the only door there and so we're looking around in fact the funny thing about it is I came across a security video of of us sneaking around in the pool
2: And I I went, oh my
1: gosh. Go. And there I am, and I'm sneaking around That's in funny. the pool area with my boy. That's and, uh, but so anyway, then we went, we're leaving, and the door had locked. Oh, and wow. I went, oh no, we're locked in here. And I thought, oh boy, we're going to get thrown in jail or something. Or okay. like, <laughs> and it, it was, I was picking up on all sorts of things. I mean, that pool really is something else. And so we finally, I heard a click at the other end and we went up to find it and there was a door that was partially open. So, and it was a different door. So whoever it was in there opened the door to let us out. So getting back to the story about the bellman. So we went ahead next day, and uh, we're checking out, and I started talking to the two bell uh, bellmen there. And uh, I said, would you please tell the, the nice gentleman that was working last night, thank you very much. He was very helpful in, uh, you know, giving us some history on the yeah. Queen Mary. <laughs> and uh, they said, oh, uh, well, can you describe him to us so we know which person it is? And so I proceeded to start to describe this this individual and the two bellmen look at each other and they got the this really puzzled look on their faces and they said sir we don't have anybody that looks like that and i said oh good joke yeah he says no and we both have worked here for 10 years oh wow so they knew everybody there they knew everybody so who was the bellman? That's incredible. Just, and that's... It, it, even to this day, it kind of gives me the shivers because even his uniform was different. Right, but than you were just, uh... It was, it you know what, what, you
0: know, that thing, you see what you expect to see. Yeah. So it's like,
1: exactly. That so, is I such a great
0: story, Chris.
1: The Queen Mary, I love the Queen Mary dearly. And, uh, it, it's, again, very, very sad to hear. It's like your grandma. You hate to see her get old. Oh. And that's how I feel about the Queen Mary. She's, she's a beautiful ship. And, and, and to see her not being taken care of. And thank God I'm not the only one because there are private groups that are really trying to, to find the money to, to get her back into shape and maintain that. Uh, because I would I would recommend if, if people don't mind things that go bump in the night mm-hmm. and, and so on, definitely take advantage. You want a real paranormal experience? When it's she opens to up, take a trip out to the Queen Mary. You can go to the Stanley Hotel. You can go to all these other notoriously haunted locations. But you also hear, oh, nothing ever happened to me. Believe yes. me you will not be, every time i was aboard that ship there was always something that's that's and one thing i've
0: heard that that over there it's not like well if you're lucky you know you might have uh something minimal if you're lucky and from what i've heard yeah. of the queen mary just about everybody had something yeah. that they couldn't explain if if it wasn't i know some people had an actual sighting but others were like weird stuff happened like really weird stuff
1: yeah. well that and is, it's it, it falls into that category, like I said. You, you really, I would rather have those souls that had enjoyed life aboard the Queen Mary there mm-hmm. than have her be in bits and pieces sure. like the Titanic.
0: And I'm hoping that, that they're going to rescue her and some investor or investors are going to come along and see the potential there. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll invest in uh, making her safe. And then, let me tell you something. Um, that That sounds like I could see where so much money could be made from her, you know, beyond what I'm sure they've made so far. But of yeah. course I'm not, I'm not, yeah. a, <laughs> I don't know about that as far as, you know, the, that industry, but you would think that, that that's a, uh, it's a great draw. I hope, I hope, I really do hope based on what you're telling me that they, they do something to salvage her. If, even if it's little by little or keep her afloat. Yeah,
2: well,
0: but um, Chris, you also so- said, and which is, you know, my audience will, find out, like, I found out that you moved away from uh, California, and now you're in Colorado. And then you had started telling me that, which, by the way, I know because of other, uh, some of the articles I've written and
1: blogs and stuff, that Colorado also has a very haunted history. Oh, very much so. Um, All across uh, the spectrum for paranormal activity, I think Colorado is one of the leaders. Uh, You have a high amount of UFO sightings. You have cryptid sightings, you have hauntings in general. And uh, in fact, with uh, our organization, uh, Anubis Paranormal Research Organization, or APRO as we call it, uh, for the first time, now, when I was a ranger, the way this all came about, um, was every time I would go to a park and work in a park, a lot of them were historical parks. Mm And so they found out that I had a a definitive interest in the paranormal. So they, when something would happen, they would ask me to go in and check it out. And Mm -hmm. so I would start a chapter of APRO uh, at that particular area. So we've got one in Los Angeles or Long Beach, and then we have one in Austin, Texas, uh, one down in, Fort Lauderdale, which was down by your neighborhood. Yes. Uh, One in Omaha. But when I came back to Colorado, we actually uh, created two chapters, one here on the uh, west end, which is Grand Junction, and Denver. So we split the Rocky Mountains. You know, one
2: -hmm. would take
1: one side and they would take the other because of the amount of activity. And it's – even when – I was in the park service. I was always called in to investigate. They, they, my reputation had kind of gotten off the ground. Oh, you've got something weird. Call this ranger. In fact, I was starting to be called (laughs) Ranger (laughs) Mulder as my nickname because I would go in and investigate very odd, you know, like the missing 411. Yes. I've, I've been a part of that. Uh, you know, other cryptid sightings that they couldn't explain very strange ufo phenomena and, and 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 so so forth but yes we uh i decided now in in, in my years to come back to colorado and work mm-hmm. out of this location but we're even getting interest of starting a, a chapter in england Quite um, okay. right, a few after the pandemic rises uh, mm-hmm. We've got a few people, so we're we're becoming quite a, a renowned agency or organization, I should say, and I'm very proud of that. Wow. But at the same time, we're the only thing that we would do probably differently than most is we look at the science first. Always try and find hands sure. before you, like I said, you get to that little nugget of gold. But uh, because in most cases, you can find an explanation as to why or what. Now, every now and then, even with myself, you kind of go, what is going on? Exactly. Here? Exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and I tell everybody, being a, a paranormal investigator, sometimes your, your threshold, you're a skeptic. And the threshold is very high for you to actually say there's something here. Because yeah. people think sometimes paranormal investigators just believe everything. I mean, it's not,
1: that's not the case at all. And, and there have been some. That oh, yeah. jump oh, sure. to that, mm-hmm. and I'm not bad mouthing any any group, I but, I, I mean, will, but I will I will bad mouth those groups that go in that don't know what they're doing. Sure, that's dangerous. I mean, extremely dangerous, not only to them psychologically, but also physically. I a couple of years back, there was a couple that were doing it more as a hobby, and they had earphones on, and they were on a railroad trestle. I know they yeah, didn't hear the train that. pump and they were killed. And uh, so the psychological effect. Wasn't um, that,
0: I believe that, um, I, if I remember correctly, I think, um, you know, it was in that area, you know, the legend of the goat man, that there's, uh, there's supposedly okay. the goat man is seen close to the trestles of the, probably they were out yeah. there, these legend trippers. And yes, people don't realize, people think, well, how could you not hear the train coming? People don't realize that by the time you hear it, the train is on top of you.
1: Well, exactly. Uh, there is a very finite time frame to get out of a train's way. And if mm-hmm. you're in the middle of this thing and it's 700, 800 yards to the end, you're, you're never going to make it unless you jump. And, sure. But if you're so you – got earphones on mm-hmm. and you're focused, you're, you're going to miss it. And yes. So, and so, again, there, you should always have somebody being an observer. Uh, you should always have somebody uh, I, I've never believed in in an investigation where there was a single individual going out or doing, oh, you go over here, Tommy, you go over here you know, Becky, right. you go over there uh, always two always two, one to watch make sure you don't trip over and break break your neck, and also yeah. a credible witness to what you may have sure. witnessed and, uh, but again there's the hobbyists. And then there is the specialist. I will not say the professional because you cannot be a professional in this uh, because there's so many unanswered questions. How could you be? But there are experienced teams. Yes. And those, I would say our group is an experienced team. We've got really good people. I've got about 60 uh, total investigators across the board, and they're very dedicated at what they do. And, yes, and, it, and, and,
0: and you know what? And it requires, I think a lot of people don't realize because they get misled by the reality shows, that you have to have a lot of patience also.
1: Oh, absolutely. What you see on television in 45 no. minutes is not what you Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Believe they me, I'm following it. You
0: know, they cut out. They've got production crews <laughs> in the back that do all the, the 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 boring stuff, you know, what you call it. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah, and a lot of people. And I tell people, you know, sometimes because of, I've had questions like, oh, they wanted to join a, a paranormal team. And I said, well, number one, look for somebody that's been around for a while. And, you know, and I said, because most teams sometimes they dissolve very shortly, like within the first two years, because when they realize that when they want these investigations, hey, it's not like I saw on that show. Sometimes you're like, yeah, <laughs> it's like,
1: what? That has happened with me. I got. I'm just as guilty. I have. I'd be sitting there. You're in the dark. You're sitting waiting yeah, exactly. for or Tommy the ghost to come in and speak to you, and you you not off. You, right, you up and, and, and,
0: and or and that or your client, uh, because they work Monday through Friday. Will only give you. Let's say we're talking here at residence, Will only give you access. Or if it's a, yeah. a you know restaurant after hours on a weekend, yeah. you tell some of these. By the way, on the weekend, you you mean the 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 weekend that I thought? <laughs> yeah, if you, that's what investigation calls for, because yeah. if it's a private residence, families don't, don't let you there till it's the weekend. You know, yeah. maybe they want to get their kids out of the house. If that's the case, or if it's a restaurant, hey, we'll close down for one night so you can. And uh, let me tell you something: the love affair with becoming a paranormal investigator takes up. They just like, ah, no, it was like this. Oh, so I, I I've know. told people, I said, you know, look for a group that's been around for a while to, right. you know, because that usually is a, the, the first thing you're looking for that they, they've gelled. Yes.
1: And that's and, what uh, it, a good team is. Mm-hmm. One that you know and can work with. Uh, there's a lot. Of, and unfortunately, Para unity. Right. I would love to see Para unity, mm-hmm. but... It's never I, going
0: to happen. I think too many egos in the way.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. it is. Yeah, I know.
1: And it's a shame because there have been a few of us that have really tried to create an organization made up of different groups in order to uh, put in evidence, you know, a, de- uh, right. a, a depot of, of actual credible scientific evidence that could be researched that could be looked at and nobody wants to share anything and right. or, it, is, it,
0: it becomes the the yeah it, it's um how can i say ownership or what i don't know if you want to call it that or whatever yeah i i understand exactly what you mean it's the sensationalism overrides anything else versus hey let's do some research some legit research
1: well and, and i uh, think to uh, another big problem is our TV shows that we have out there. Yes. Not naming t- I know. who they are, but mm-hmm. there are two big ones, and I'm sure you know which ones I'm talking yes. about.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Um, one went away and is now back. Mm-hmm. But if you started watching either of those shows, they started from the most humblest beginnings. yes. Their equipment was minute at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have flashy vehicles. Well, now they have buses and vehicles and equipment. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. Making... It's like
0: you've got a caravan.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: and and that's if you modern... see it.
0: A lot of times, a lot of that is behind the scenes as far as how much equipment is actually transported. And set up, and um, personally, I think that a lot of times what ha- ends up happening is that some of the stuff, for lack of a better word, is more for show than for actual research. Um, and it takes away from the actual investigation. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I always say I would never pull up with marked vehicles in an oh. investigation, especially a private investigation. I love, it. I, I love okay. that you're
0: bringing that up, Chris. I- because <laughs> a- every
1: <laughs> in, the, in the neighborhoods, go look, look over there. Look, you know, they're, they're yes, ghost Ghostbusters right. are, over. and that's right. going to cause more trauma yes. to that individual who really has a problem. So you don't want that, to. I talk am so to
0: glad you're pointing that out because I pointed. <laughs> <at> I <it>. said, contrary <laughs> to what you think, they because you see this in the shows, a good Ooh. portion of the private clients that contact you, the last thing they want is for you to drive up, just like what you said. Have a boatload of people spill out and equipment. And, hey, bring the camera. And, you know, and the neighbors are like, huh? You know, they're like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that, you know, because they're wigged out as it is. And maybe you might have been the last. It's like, I don't know what else to think of. Please help me. Yeah. But they that don't want anybody, especially <laughs> their next door neighbors.
1: Oh, Lord, no. But, you know, it also works on the opposite side of the coin. Oh, yeah, I know. I and my team have gone up knocked on the door I've got a a few members of my team with me because we do preliminary interviews almost sure yeah Mm -hmm. it's a psychological and then we do a walkthrough and then we'll actually do an investigation so this one particular time we showed up and uh, one of my guys had a camera and then I had my assistant with me and uh, knock on the door Uh, door opens up I introduce myself and, and my team members and all of this time, the, the couple that own the, the property keep kind of looking over my shoulder. And yeah, it's like, like why, are we- why aren't you looking at me in the face? And I get the and, ghost uh, behind me. Yeah. And so well, no. <laughs> what, what <was> wrong <laughs> I, about know,
2: I know.
0: You, you must, I know. I, you, <laughs> I know where you're going with this, but keep going. This but, is yeah. great. This is great. <laughs> this is, by the way, whoever's listening to this, this is the real paranormal research which he's describing right here.
1: So they're looking, and I said, "Is is there a problem?" And they said, "Well, where's the cameras?" There and I go. said, "Well, I've I've got I've got my my cameraman right here." No, no, the film crew. And I said, <laughs> "We don't we don't have a film crew." And they slammed the door in my face. Yes. So. <laughs> Sometimes you just look at each other and just shake your head because there's those that do want the publicity. Oh, let we're me getting, tell you something. Get something out of it. One time I went to an investigation,
0: and it was um, this was in South Florida. I want to say it was like up in West Palm Beach. Anyway, it was uh, the the family lived in a it's, it's one of these new neighborhoods, nice new neighborhood. It was a brand new house the family especially the wife is saying how they're getting messages and stuff being written like in soap or foam on the bathroom mirrors Mm -hmm. and there had been somebody had gone in and i i kind of filled in for some you know like hey we're ready to go to the next step and um i went in with a photographer because we wanted just to go in there and take you know talk you know have another set of people talk to the lady Mm -hmm. and um and take some pictures and and you know, of course, she's showing us where she had had these messages written on the mirrors, and this and that. And we're like, yeah. and all this time, I'm like, man, I, I after a while, and and I'm sure you understand, Chris. Sometimes there's something that you know there's something here, you know. Oh yeah. Sometimes you oh, get yeah. the, you know, it's like I, I I don't need a I don't need a, a a piece of equipment to tell me, you know that I call it the ting-a-ling-a-ling, you know. It's like yeah. hey. Ugh. All right. But I'm like, man. and then, But at the same time, I know sometimes supernatural is not on demand. You go, there's no ting a ling because the ghost has gone and hit up in the attic because, hey, it's like, oh. But anyway, I'm like, okay. Bottom line, she goes, oh, I want to show you some pictures. I said, great. What pictures do you want to show me? This, by the way, folks, this is before digitals. This is when people would develop. You remember when people would get red eye, you know, when people would snap yes. pictures of red eye? Oh, Finally, I, I caught on that she's trying to say how she's kind of psychic and she's showing me pictures of herself. You know, when people look up and you have the red eye, you know, if, when you look <laughs> at it, it's kind of scary looking, but you know, it's the <laughs> reflection of the flash. Yeah, you know, she's showing me these pictures of herself with red eye. And I'm like looking at the picture. She goes, yeah, and that's me looking up and see how my eyes are. And I'm like, yeah, but that's red eye. That's from the flash. Bottom line, make a long story short, she's trying to propel this thing around to where there's a haunting and she might be getting, she's a psychic, but she's also getting possessed. And then that's why she has these red glinting eyes when she's taking the photograph. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? yeah. It was like, oh, I, oh, this is not, this is oh. very. Uh. And then, you know, my grandmother, she used to be a, all of a sudden I'm from the old country. And I was like, that's great. But just because you get red eye in the camera, you know, in a picture, doesn't mean you're on the verge of being possessed. It was like one of those things like I looked at the photographer and he looked at me and he was an investigator. He was on the team, but right. his thing was he was going and he had some really nice equipment, cameras, yeah. 35 millimeters, again, before digital. And <laughs> you, you can tell me and him it one of them because we had worked before. We looked at each other like, yeah, it's like, got to leave now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was I, something along those lines where the – the intent of bringing in investigators is not really to investigate, it's to serve the purpose of whatever it is, like what you said they're looking for the cameras, and uh it's like, okay, this is a waste of time, even if there might have been something there oh, yeah. um it was like, man, your credibility just went psh.
1: exactly, and yeah. that's one of the I hate to say it, they kind of think you're like stupid or something, yeah, and it takes a lot to, to do what we do and we learn a yes. lot uh, yes. about the psychology of certain people. And it there's, if you're getting red flags then you know that yeah. this is not a legitimate situation and you are absolutely correct when saying um, about walking into a place, the, well, I was going to say the hairs on the, yeah, you, yeah. There's a, something uh, that just like in my case. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? No, no, no. But I know everybody's got. But after a while, you learn what you, you know. You right. know, it's like okay, this is not because their AC is down low. There's something here. There, yeah. It's it's it's. You know, you learn to trust it, but that only comes, I think, with uh, field experience. After you go after investigation, after investigation, after investigation, and after a while, you realize this is like okay. And then there's some that just. When you're coming up to the place, you're already like, ah, okay. Yeah, whatever's here is either they're checking us out as soon as you get out of your vehicle. Right. Okay. Um, well, and
1: people, I, I think we become more sensitive.
0: Yeah, you do. You do. You, you fine tune it. You fine tune it. Exactly. It. It. And, yeah, but yeah, I tell right. everybody for all those would be paranormal investigators, reading a book doesn't cut it. Eventually, you have to go out there and do the field work. You have to go on boring investigations that you're like oh my god and that's how you basically really truly learn how to do paranormal research
2: oh because then you
0: you come across the the situations where you're like
2: holy
1: what Mm -hmm. and i i think it's part of the problem why so many groups fail is because they're again they're it takes, like I said, special people like you mm-hmm. and I and, and quite a few others. But there's something about us that yeah. is in tune with the paranormal world. Yes. And I, I started having incidences when I was eight years old. Right. And it has followed me all my life. So it's a part right. of my life. And uh, ironically, that's what I would always say about my park ranger work is I walk on a fence. I can do uh, police for, uh, forensics mm-hmm. and investigation with my law enforcement training. And go then ahead. I can switch modes and go into the parapsychologist mode. Yes, exactly.
0: And and, and, wh- and, so- and wh- one's not exclusive of the other. Because you also get the people that think, "Oh, you're into that. Oh, you're real woo-woo. You're not. You know, you can't be analytical. You don't. You know, right. which is what they rethink of as research. You know, you're going to look at everything and you're going to take it at face value. And it's like, not really. Believe it or not, my standards are really high. And if some type that's of right. proof is questionable, it might even be real. But for me, if it's questionable, it's like, okay, we're not going to use it because that's not clear-cut evidence.
2: That's what I, Whether it's yeah. an
0: EVP or a photograph or whatever it is, you know, that's that's right. we're going to. If it doesn't pass this threshold, then it cannot be used. Yeah.
1: Well, and, you look uh, at you look at some of the things that are like on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, what do you guys see here? And
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. i go, go, go ahead always, because I know you're going.
1: <laughs> it's always a blurry picture, and it's like I see I think a tree. But they want you to see things that aren't there, of course, yes, uh, you know, matrixing in the whole nine yards or it's like with the EVPs. I always love when they're doing an EVP and then they tell you what it it says or what they assume it says. And then you hear it. It's, it's leading. It's too leading. And we can't.
0: Yeah. Don't you see the woman's face in the curtain?
1: Yes. Or every, (laughs) every orb is a ghost yeah
0: exactly did you see the eyes inside the orb no like well now i do
1: (laughs) yeah there's a face in there or the ones that taken a a picture in the rain and go look at all the orbs and i'm going holy cow these people are believing
0: this let me tell you something i tell people i hate to say once upon a time orbs were considered and i'm not discounting it but right now as far as anybody that's in this field orbs are like Zero when it comes to any type of paranormal proof. Sorry, it's. I I think Um, that it was overused and they forget it. Forget it. Could be so many things: dust particles. You name it. Like if, if, and it's really funny because when you look at some of these older shows from the 1990s, there's orbs and they like. (laughs) Now you realize like, oh yeah, okay, not anymore. They 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 overused it and um, they forgot to include how many things produce that on a film or in a photograph. Yeah, you know, but yep. yes, I have to laugh when you were going to yep. say that thing about the, 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 that people, they, you know, they tell you that the EVP, did you hear it says, get out?
1: And you're like, yeah. did <laughs> I thought it said, when's lunch? I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah. It
0: says, get out. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know but, that's some of these again.
2: things is like,
1: it's you know, or class,
2: this is a class A
0: EVP.
1: Okay, let's now hear it. Now, that you can't argue with because it's right. very distinctive, a class A. Yes. But you got a class C and you're absolutely blah, 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 blah. blah. But you got to call it a I class C. Even you can't
0: call it. it a class A. Okay, no. when you have to tell somebody what it says, it's not a yeah. class A. It's no. not. No. You know, people could differentiate a little bit, but they should be able, they should hear it without you telling what it is. And you kind of realize, yeah, that is exactly what I heard. Okay, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's a whole different. But uh, let me ask you something, Chris. That thing about Colorado, one of the things I noticed because um, I did a, a book uh, about three or four years ago about, you know, uh, about the Old West and part of the things that I looked at was a lot of these mining camps and a lot in Colorado, Cripple Creek. And people don't realize that. Um, you know, because everybody thinks of, you know, the 1849 gold rush out to California, but they don't realize that there was a lot of uh, gold camps, you know, uh, those in, in all over Colorado. And the reason why I bring this up is that whenever you would have these mining camps and then the towns, there was a lot of violence and claim jumping <laughs> and the recipe for intelligent hauntings.
1: Well, ironically, you should say that because when I told you that uh, I got started at an early age, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I was born in Texas, and my, my dad, he was in the railroad and uh, mining industry, so they built trestle, train trestles through these different areas. He was stationed in Leadville. They moved him to Leadville,
2: okay. and if
1: a, a lot of people may associate that with Molly Brown because that's where Mm -hmm. uh, Molly and JJ had their mind. Um, Mm -hmm. But Leadville is the highest incorporated city in the United States at 10,400 feet. And so it's pretty pretty much up there. But when I was little, like I said, I probably was about seven or eight at the time. Uh, One evening, I was about maybe two or three in the morning, I woke up and I saw whom I thought was my father standing in my doorway. And he was a big burly man, but I, I couldn't see any details. He was just black. And again, being that age, I didn't think anything of it. And uh, so I kept talking to him, no response. And I said, boo, daddy, boo. And then he finally walked off. And so I thought he was going back to his, to the bedroom. Next morning I said, Daddy, why didn't, why didn't you talk to me last night when you were standing in the door? He says, I wasn't standing in your doorway. And I proceeded to tell him. He says, oh, you were just dreaming. And the next night, the individual was back again, but this time with another person, a much thinner person. And they just stared at me. Oh. We lived right up against an old mine. Oh, and so years later i kind of put two and two together and they were probably dead miners because of course back in the 1800s and all that area where we lived was spotted and and with old mines from the 1800s i was about to
0: ask you did you know the history of the house but now that you mentioned that you were up against a mine
1: yeah and so we were literally you know there could have been a mine shaft underneath. And there was a lot of strange things that happened during our time living there. And uh, in fact, we, I always thought it was just a a hill when I was little, but it was the tailings that were right there. And they had just, you know, just made the, made the deals, leveled them off. And uh, but that was constant. There was always like I said, something going on in Leadville and Leadville has so many of the original 1800 buildings and, and, and so on. And, uh, but I even had, now, I don't know to this day if I could say it was an abduction. Okay. But uh, again, right around that same age, maybe nine years old, uh, I woke up and I saw a blue light out in the, the front of our house. Uh, well, it was in the hallway, it was really, really bright. And I thought, well, what is that? And I got up and we had windows right up in where our kitchen was. And so I went up and the one thing that makes me know that it wasn't a dream was I put my head, my forehead against the window because there, it was kind of a drop down to the street. It was like two, two levels and Mm -hmm. i put my head and i could feel the ice cold um, on my forehead and when i looked down what i saw was what i thought was a big owl, but in reality it was maybe three or four feet and it just Mm. stared at me and then all of a sudden i was Blacked out. And And this was he was on the other side of the window. He was was down in the street looking up at me in the window. And it was just the thing that got me was the intense black eyes. Oh. And then, like I said, I just kind of winked out and then woke up the next morning in my bed. Now, was I dreaming? I could have been. That's a very unusual but dream, though. It was very, very strange, especially me seeing an owl. And later on, I had heard of other people who were extremely petrified of owls because they subconsciously had, going through repression or whatever, mm-hmm. discovered that they were abductees. Right. 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 So, our, you know, does our mind try and cope with something? Yes, it does. It does. We try desperately to keep on to our
0: sanity, even if it means exactly making up stories. Yeah.
1: Now, I never had have had anything else like that happen to me. At least, not that I'm aware of. But it's something that you never forget. And like I said, it was those piercing black eyes more than anything else. So it's Colorado is uh, I used to see things in the night sky when I was little. Now, even here in Grand Junction, I've seen probably my my fair share of UFOs. And really, we are not that far from Skinwalker Ranch.
0: Really? You know what? You bring that up. And I mean, I had I've been watching the show, which I think is fascinating. I mean, I had read from before, like from the 90s, when the other owner had it. I mean, you know, after the family, the Sherman family had it and they passed it. And, you know, they had Mm -hmm. a team on there and I I had followed because God, when you read about some of the things that happened there, they're like, is there anything else that can happen here? It's like, you know, you name it, UFOs. cryptids uh cattle mutilation it's like and now i've been following the show and it's incredible um what what they're finding there and um and to be honest with you i like i personally do like that they have a very scientific approach right you know when they're doing whatever they're doing there um and uh, it makes you wonder, you know, is there something maybe in that area? When I mean larger, like what you said, Colorado. Let me ask something, Chris, because I know you were um, you you were in parks and in forests or whatever. Did you ever see a correlation between UFOs and you know at parks or things like that? Because it makes me wonder sometimes, even with that four one one, where you hear about people going missing, and you know, it's always been an open ended question. What what's happened to these people?
1: You know. It, it, It is, there have been cases that I had been assigned to Mm -hmm. that you literally walk up and go, what the hell happened? Now, again, Mm -hmm. when you're being trained as a ranger, especially in law enforcement, you learn to look for certain clues. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll give you one story here as an example. Sure. Uh, It was winter. And uh, usually the campgrounds are closed or not in very big use. And there was this one particular family. They had a pretty good RV set up and they were going to stay a couple days in the park. So it was probably two days after their, their stay. They, uh, they said they had gone outside and there were lights flashing up in the sky. And they had started to watch them. And they were dancing all over and very bright. And uh, the family just didn't know what to think of it, but they kind of got a little scared. And with the exception of the son, the son was fascinated by it. And it was uh, a mother and father and a daughter and then the son, the boy. And he was about 15 years old. So they all went back inside telling him, you know, come on, let's get back in. Well, he decided to stay outside for a little bit longer. So finally he goes, comes back in and said that the lights had gone, gone off over the horizon and uh, didn't think anything more about it. Well, the next morning they woke up and uh, the son, they thought had not gotten up yet. Finally, the mother went in to get him to have serving breakfast and he wasn't there. So, they started looking around for him, and they saw footprints leading off. And they were concerned. So they went ahead and they got contact with the, the ranger station and I was working that day. And uh, so we went out, we started looking around and they told him, told me about the, the situation with the dancing lights. And there had been a fresh snowfall that night. So everything was just just perfect. No indentations, no footprints, no nothing, except for what looked like the boys leading from the camp out to this meadow. And one of the things that they teach you when when you're tracking somebody is when people walk normally and they're not thinking about it, it's just natural aspect of walking. You always go heel to toe, heel to toe. So your, indication, your indicator is going to be that your heel is going to be much more into that environment, be it mud, be it snow, um, or even dirt in general. So you're going to have more of an imprint than the, than the toe area. Now, there was only one set of tracks that went out. Now, if he had been trying to pl- do a practical joke or, or something along those lines and tried to retrace his step, then he would have gone toe to heel, the complete right. opposite. So the the, indi- the indentations would have been flat. And it was not that at all, it was heel to toe. So we went ahead, but it, they just disappeared. It just stopped. And it was like, well, what the heck? Your brain starts racing 10 million mm-hmm. miles an hour trying to find a logical explanation for what you're looking at. And so we went ahead, we contacted the local sheriff's department to help us do a search and rescue, even though we wouldn't even know what direction you went in if there had been indicators.
0: And how old was the kid?
1: He was 15. He was 15. So, okay. yeah, so he, I mean, we really... We we tore the county up looking to see you know, what could have possibly happened. And I'm doing my thinking, and the road mm-hmm. is leading more and more down the paranormal rabbit hole. Sure. Because first off, they see strange lights in the sky. Uh, then the next thing their son is missing. Now you don't go out and say Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I'm sorry to say this, but we (laughs) think your son has been abducted by aliens. Yeah. uh, This doesn't go very very well with that. No, no. I can see how that would be like, okay, get him out of here. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, again, lock this ranger up. He's, but uh, we kept searching. Now, three days later, they get a phone call on their cell phone. And they answer it, and it's the boy. And he says, Mom, Dad, I'm, I'm at, a, at, at this house, and they're letting me use the phone, but I don't know where I'm at. And so they got on the phone with the owners, found out where the boy was, Well, it turns out he was 60 miles away from the park. Now, the interesting part about it was he thought it was the next morning. So, lost time. Lost time. So, you look at again, two plus two Mm kind of leads down that road to an
2: Yes,
0: And he never, he couldn't remember. All he remembered was what just I got
1: up and I'm he was yeah he was in a field he was in a snow field. field and he, he says i remember walking out in the field the lights came back and i could see him through the window of the of the rv mm-hmm. and so i went out to look at him again and i wanted to get a better look sure. so he walks out into this field and that well thankfully he was
0: found alive because you hear a lot of these stories the ending is not that good
1: well, if they're found uh, well this is uh, again one of those situations Now Yosemite uh, Uh National Park is one of the leading areas for missing for people, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've been on other talk shows too that I told these stories about. Uh, There's more in the forests and the and the parks than we know of, and people would probably stop going if they knew the extent of what we do. And the problem is the National Park Service and the federal government do not want it known that we're losing people in the parks. And you know what?
0: And and, and and this is the thing, you know, for all these people that have experiences, it's people like yourself that, have, that are there continuously, in other words, that this is their job, right. that actually come across the... The, the genuine lost person people do get lost mm-hmm. without any paranormal or weird stuff or they want to get lost i'm sure you've heard of people that are suicidal and they decide to and then you come across these other ones let me ask something chris just i'm out of i'm curious because i've you know you know how you hear all these things all these people there is there any amount of people that go out into these parks and live there like in other words off the grid and i'm, I'm This is the wrong way. I don't mean off the grid, like people that are maybe homeless and they basically they end up living in there.
1: There are, but normally they will stay close to civilization. Primarily looking for food Mm -hmm. or trash, dumpster room. Right. Okay. Or looking for, for something. They will do it. You get sometimes the environmentalist or eco warrior that wants to right. go back to the days but those are very very far and few in between yeah no
0: i'm not talking i'm not, I, i'm talking sometimes people even that might even be suffering perhaps even from mental illness and they end up out there and mostly almost like exactly what you're describing scrounging around i'm thinking man is there like a score of these people out there and they're just that they basically are just Living out, like you said, maybe living out of uh, dumpsters and maybe because they end up doing stuff that they shouldn't, you know, with, you know, they come across somebody, at hiker, you
1: know, you hear these people going out for hikes and then that's it. They're gone. Oh, there Uh, are definitely, definitely individuals out there. A a big one is the uh, pot growers. Um, I have heard of that. And they'll grow on federal land because then their personal assets cannot be taken from them. It's I didn't know away. that.
0: I did yeah. not know that. And that's so a that's, good that's incentive.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> so if they lose their their um <laughs> I've been their, on their, a, their farmland, destroyed. I don't know, whatever you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> well, I was on one of those raids where we did go ahead and confiscate. I mean bushels and bushels. Uh-huh. We well the thing is we have to destroy it. And so you've yeah, got like these you helicopters have. coming in and and dropping you know if they're from a distance then you have to set stuff on fire you've never seen a bunch more happier park rangers (laughs) in your entire life it's like it's all good Um,
0: hey anybody hungry
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly who's got the s'mores?
0: yeah i know (laughs) right exactly but
1: But it it, it is people (laughs) will will try to hide some of their more heinous things in the woods and try to get you off. Know the what? I
0: had heard up in Northern California, what they call that Emerald triangle that they mm-hmm. said that I, I had heard. And this is just me, you know, hearing things And it that even some of the people that they would take to work up on these farms, sometimes they disappear themselves because they're transients or they, you know, they just end up there and they're out there just to make money. But sometimes these people know, and there's nobody going to come looking for you. If something happens.
1: Mm-hmm. And they kinda well, like do away with them. You can now for instance here's a here's a case that still bothers me to this day. And uh it was a a family that again, Yosemite. It Yosemite is a hotbed for missing mm-hmm. people. I think it's the leader right now. Uh it was very active when, when I was there for uh about a year and the thing was that it was a family. They had a little boy with them and they're walking down the trail and uh, all talking, you know, parents being the parents and, and other kids up front and their little son was tagging along behind them. Well, they were just talking to the mother was just turned around, said something to the little boy, turned back, and then she turned back around again to tell him, you know, why don't you get up here in the front with brothers and so he was gone.
0: See, that's, that's, those are the stories that you hear that you're like,
1: what is going on? No sound of a struggle. No signs of a struggle.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: just was not there. He literally disappeared. And with an animal attack, because everybody says, well, that's cougar country. Yeah, but you're going to hear a cougar come. And they're going to make their paws are going to make a thumping sound when they're starting to attack. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're going to scream. And whoever's being attacked is going to scream. Sure. Nothing. And you you sometimes never find the the end result. It's just in limbo. There was another case, actually. Well, let me ask
0: you, was that child ever found?
1: uh, The other children were were still up front, but nobody saw anything from that that point. And the child Um, was not found? He he was never found. No. He was never found. (sighs) Oh, my God. And this is the thing. You do a search anyway. Right, right, right. Of course. And and an immediate, a a child Mm -hmm. is an immediate. You know, you call everybody in to try to find it. And uh, the, the, you can go and do, uh, well, they call them quad patterns. You'll mm-hmm. scope off a section. You'll have a person breast to breast, or, or I should say side to side, and you'll comb those those areas, and then you'll move on to the next. And in a lot of cases, you'll do that, and then a week Or three days, or a couple hours later, you go back, and there's evidence of somebody there. I've heard of that. That they're saying
0: there's no way we would have overlooked this exactly through the first walkthrough.
1: There's no way. And so that happens. Uh, Another case, unfortunately, was another little boy. Now, to this, I mean, they sound incredible, but they're very well documented. And uh, Mm -hmm. this in particular case, father and a son going out fishing. And they were just by this little creek. And this actually happened here in Colorado. And uh, the little boy, being who he was, was running up ahead, went around a bend. Um, Now, the creek was off to the right. The bend or the trail was right there. And and, uh, the father goes around the bend. No son. And he becomes panicked and starts calling out to him. No answer. And finally he calls 911, says what's happened, and everybody's called out. You know, again, on a child, you definitely get everybody out there. Sure. Now, no signs of struggle no signs and he was within feet of his son when Mm -hmm. this happened and had somebody come up behind this this child grabbed him there would have been at least muffled cries or Mm -hmm. some kind of struggle but again there was nothing there we investigated the situation because then again your law enforcement comes into play could the father have been involved in something not so good and his record, you know, no, he loved his boy dearly. They found the boy's clothes neatly folded six and a half miles up the side of a mountain. Oh, that's
0: like, and, that, 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 there's no way that that kid could have gotten up there, I take it. No, and even it,
1: it, it took hours for search and rescue to climb that mountain. And they're experienced. Right, exactly. And I mean, it would have t- taken literally a day to climb to the top. And here you have a father who's pretty, he was pretty heavyset. So mm-hmm. he's not going to be climbing a mountain anytime soon. But they were nicely folded and, and uh, it just really broke your heart to see that. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, it gets stranger all the time when you're dealing with things like this.
0: Did they ever find a child?
1: No? It's all just the clothes. Yeah, just the clothes. Now, wow. one of the strange thing is they always seem to find the shoes. Yeah, and this I've doesn't heard matter. Of that. Isn't that The strange? shoes are always placed together like you do when you, you know, you're home. You put your shoes together. And it's it's always kind of a telltale sign that it's there's something very peculiar uh, going on. Uh, in a lot of cases, they'll find shoes, and then if they're lucky enough to find a body or some mm-hmm. something like that, or even if they find the individual alive, they have mm-hmm. uh, lost or uh, uh, lost time, and it's really doesn't make a, any kind of a sense as to what is happening. And so one of the other cases that, uh, um, hold on just once. Right? Sure. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> a- um, But uh, it, a case that we had up at, um, crater lake national park. Now this was an individual who had been experienced in going out into the woods, always carried a backpack. He was a photographer. And so he told his friend who dropped him off, come back for me in three days, and I'll be right here waiting for you. And uh, so the friend did exactly that came back, waited, 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 no friend. No, this guy never showed back up. So it was getting dark, and he was getting concerned a little bit. He knew that uh, he was an experienced outdoorsman, but the thing was he didn't pack a lot of stuff right. to go okay. with. And it, that was what was causing him more concern was he didn't have enough food, and of course being by himself. So of course he calls, and I was called in, I was flown in uh, to investigate, because all I got out of it was, you're never gonna believe this. What am I not going to believe? You're not gonna believe it, you're gonna have to see it. And I went, okay, again, Ranger Mulder to the, you know, onto his investigations. And uh, so (laughs) I get up there and I get the, the briefing on what had happened and all I was told was they found him. Okay. That tells me a whole lot. Thank you for letting me know that you found him. Is he alive? Is he, is he injured? Is he dead? Well, they said he's dead, but you're never going to believe this. And so they take me out, and all I hear from the the other ranger that uh, was was uh, that was driving me to the to the um, um, parking area mm-hmm. was, in all the years I've never seen anything like this. And you um, must before. have been thinking, what uh, what am I gonna see? Yeah. So your your curiosity does peak, and so you kind of brace yourself. So we track track in, so we find his campground and tent is still there there is uh, his backpack now it had been rummaged through by animals Mm -hmm. Um, there were the shoes and I said well where is he and of course I know by this time that if you're calling me in it it is going to be something really bizarre Uh, They wouldn't, you know, spend that kind of money to just have anybody go in. Um, So we travel a little bit more up into the hills. And literally, when we got there, I just stopped, and my jaw must have dropped to the ground. There... He was sitting on a bench, or not a bench, but a down tree, mm-hmm. except it was only half of it. What? And that half was only his lower extremities. And it was still sitting in an upright position. So you've got the legs bent, sitting, just like if you would sit mm-hmm. down anywhere, your, the bend factors. Now, the, the part, and it looked almost like a laser cut. Right. I was going to ask
0: you uh,
1: uh, to, to in order to leave I
0: imagine a body like that, you can't it, it, it would have to be a clean slice like uh, Yeah.
1: And that's exactly what it was. And the clothes were still on it. Now there were no feet, but the rest of him was still intact with the exception of his upper part. And we never did find the upper part of the torso. Oh, I was about to add, you beat me to the next question. Did you find the other half of them? Now, the, the, the strange part about it was, and, and you kind of made mention of this earlier, was there was no signs of any kind of creature feeding on him. There were no animal tracks around. Yes. Uh, and if a predator had gotten to him, they would have knocked him over. Sure. Yeah. Instead of having them sit right there like that. And yeah. it it of I did. It and that's one of those where you go back and you write your report, cause that like, There's no other way to put this. <laughs> right. And it's it it's unexplainable. You don't have the answers. And you feel like you're you're kind of doing an injustice, especially me, because you can't Again, how do you tell your family you found somebody because they always, well, what happened to him? How did he die? Let me ask something, Chris. What, did they make an attempt to figure out how or what was used or how it was done? And that's the, that's the uh, other $60 million question right there. They didn't um, know. A lot of these things, a lot of these reports go by the wayside. Okay.
0: Um, that, that, I'm thinking to myself, this, you know what, they're going to leave this with a big question mark. We found this deceased person, half of him, sitting on a, on a log in the middle of the forest.
1: Okay. Well, and I, I've said this before in some strange things. So if anything strange goes over your broadcast, it, it's, I had to kind of sign a, a disclosure mm-hmm. uh, form. Um, okay a non-disclosure form, but I'm getting older. And I think the, <laughs> that the people need to know what is going on in our parks, that they are not safe. And I don't know if it's by human force or something else, but right. what yeah. happens is that you go back and you will go ahead and fill out a report, a standard report. That in turn is given to your supervisor based upon What it uh, pertains to, then they'll forward it on to their supervisor or on to Washington. Mm -hmm. And what will usually happen is somewhere between the supervisor, supervisor, and Washington, the report goes missing. Right. And now the national. That's
0: that's the thing you hear about this is such a difficulty in getting information released. Exactly.
1: And the National Park Service is the only governmental agency that has a, such a vast amount of land, has law enforcement personnel working for them, but has no reporting system for missing people. How, does, how can you?
0: I don't understand that. But you would think just let's, let's take the weird, let's take the weird aspect. By its very nature, you would think there's people that are going to get lost by accident or on purpose. It's like, it's a given when you're talking here, people that are going and you, you know, basically where there's predators, uh, they could get easily lost. So you would think, okay, we need to keep an accurate track because this is going to happen. You knew this was going to happen and that there would be no way of nobody. It's like, no, let's not find out about those
1: numbers. If we don't count, then it doesn't matter. Well, and see, that's why I I, I am starting to tell the story because there are so few of us that really do know Mm -hmm. the ins and outs of what's happening that we... I wouldn't feel good about looking in the mirror if I knew I was hiding things that could cause somebody's potential death sure and uh you know i'm it, it, the crap that i've been through literally is it's a wonder i i i am not insane because he this is stuff that's made for movies in a lot of cases right.
2: sure
1: and uh it's but when you're actually physically seeing it and you can't put a, a rational answer to it exactly it does play with your brain a little bit
0: sure because it's open-ended you never get that i'm gonna i don't i I don't like that word because i think it's overused but the closure in other words you never get the explanation you never understand how or what or whatever you know and and i know sometimes you know in some cases of these missing people sometimes they find skeletal remains sometimes years afterwards sometimes but from what i understand a lot of these cases of these people that go missing they never find anything nothing
1: No, and it, it it is like they literally drop off the earth.
0: Right, and, and in some there. cases, I've heard that even people that are
1: very familiar
0: with either hunters or outdoors, you know, people that are familiar with going out, that you would think no better, you know, if they get lost. In other words, they, they're they not like somebody, oh, I just walked off and all of a sudden everything looks the same.
2: Yeah.
0: And they, they just, like you said, the earth swallows them up. Yeah. And um. And and I think you know how can I tell you if you I'm sure well I, obviously the the numbers have been crunched the odds on it are astronomical that it's like okay what so everybody gets lost <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but the, the, the now uh, granted there are people that do go out there and get lost oh, yeah. and of course we find them um, mm-hmm. and but those are the inexperienced and uh, sure. also a lot of these people that are being uh, I can't say abducted, I don't know what it is, so I can't really yeah, put it. Exactly. It's like what, what but they they are experienced people, people that have been doing this for years and years. Mm-hmm. They know what they're getting themselves into. And a lot of the non-experienced will only stay to the trails, right? Uh the established trail system where hundreds of people walk a day. So mm-hmm. if, if it just i every i used to always laugh because i was expecting to hear the twilight zone theme well so you know I what is it now that bed. they say make sure you're
0: not the last one in line because yeah. i hear that you're like though that's like that that's one of the pe- that usually might get yeah. like you said you know you go around a bend on the trail and next thing you know you're the last one in line and yeah. but the person back there is in in the And I know from some of the research that they've done on this missing 411, he's kind of, in some cases, found a profile of certain people that are that end up going missing, you know, disabilities, this, this, and that. And I think to myself, that rules out the, you know, because you think, okay, if there's somebody or something that you would say is just picking the last person in line, okay, then how does that count that you have a certain amount that always – have certain common denominators you see what i'm saying if it's just opportunistic you're not you're not you you know that that commonality you rule it out you just whoever whatever it is is plucking Mm. the the easiest one to get you see right but you hear that that's not the case that there's a certain things that they after a while you say okay you know there's certain things that they all share for some reason so it's it's
1: It's a real mind-bender. Well, one of the other things is that in a lot of these cases, especially when we do find remains of individuals,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you won't hear any insects. You won't see any insects. You won't even hear any birds. It's dead, dead, still, and quiet. Mm
2: -hmm. And no
1: predator bothers them. Yes. And it's... You know, it's just like you were saying about the cattle inhalations earlier, and that's what is causing that. And uh, when they do, like I said, the autopsies—we mm-hmm. never got a report back. Right. We never knew what the what the final disposition was. And so, and you answer, feel- did you
0: ever get? Did you ever get uh, a command from up the food chain where they told you guys, "Hey." We don't want you to let any more people in there. Did you ever get anything like? They wouldn't tell you why, but they would just tell you, "Don't let no, you're on your own, baby. Come on in."
1: (laughs) But I was told you don't repeat about this.
0: Oh, sure, I'm sure about that.
1: And I think more than anything, it was revenue. Yeah, they didn't want people to stop coming to the park systems. Yeah. And uh, but the thing is, you know, you go into a national forest, you don't pay a fee like you do a national park, state park, local Mm -hmm. park. But it's it, it's still happening all across in 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 these areas. Now, is it because there's a larger group of people, better pickings for whatever is there? But I have had I, I, again, it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder because you just when you start to f- kind of start to wrap your head around it, then you'll get another call. You're not going to believe this. I, I, I'll tell you. <laughs> Marley, <laughs> it's like a, it's, okay. I could have a, a nickel. For have every time, heard time heard I that. was told you're never going to believe this, but, and I mean, I'd be a rich man and it is so, so true. But even from your own, the the people that you work with, you, you get that mm-hmm. same feedback, but, uh, it,
0: yeah, it's like I, I imagine if when uh, some uh, somebody like yourself that was a ranger, what are you doing for vacation? Yeah, anything but camping. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> no, we're not well, going camping. It's I always would say, now folks, you have a good a good day and a good visit, but be careful and always keep your children between you the big one. And it, I never would say why, but just that was it. But uh, it's, you feel, you feel guilty Mm -hmm. when you can't go into further detail or say, like I said, you can't tell your loved, their loved ones what happened because you don't know. Right. And you feel like you're being hampered okay here i am i i 'm a law enforcement officer for park service i 'm supposed to be doing law enforcement as well as doing search and rescue, doing all of these other mm-hmm. things that park rangers do and i 'm being told to keep quiet right we don 't exactly. talk about these things, and it just it's it 's like you're standing in a doorway and having it slammed in your face, and there 's nothing you can do about it. Well, and I because, think that's probably why a lot more of us are, are coming forward now. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I think
0: after a while, it doesn't take much of an. Inf- when you put yourself in that person's place and at the very least, it, you, you know, it's like, you know, if I could at least offer you the comfort of knowledge, of giving you an right. explanation, you know, it's not going to maybe undo if this person passed away. But at least you understand that well, this is what happened. But from what you're right. telling me, you're not you can't even do that for them. And I imagine that some of these people, eventually, from what I've heard, a lot of these families, some like what you've described, they don't give up, but they're just resigned to like they're never going to get an answer.
1: And that's the most heartbreaking: is yeah. they'll come back a year, a couple of years later, by any chance, have you found anything? Have mm-hmm. you have you find out found any remains? No, sorry, come back another year later. They're always searching, hoping that yeah. somewhere something of the of a bone or, or something yeah. will be found that will put a little bit of closure, like you said, into place. but then you 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 for the longest period of time, we were always uh, we could go out on patrol by ourselves, okay. In our park we know them um mm-hmm. what could happen to us that changed on one okay on one incident um again up at yosemite uh, we had a missing ranger
2: really?
1: and so we had to start looking and okay. um, we got on horseback we knew where he was going mm-hmm. Uh, because you would report in but, via radio but then those reports stopped and mm-hmm. it was just dead quiet. Right. And we finally tracked his horse down because this is way back in the back boonies. Right. This is
0: people people don't reapply no GPS was not always around <laughs> or transponders no, uh, or anything like
1: that. Right. So we had to literally backtrack from where the horse came from. Okay. Uh what I saw again—it's almost like you're—I get these flashbacks, and mm-hmm. I mean I can see it so vividly. Uh, we found the ranger, the missing ranger. He was on a uh, now up in Yosemite. That whole area is filled with granite, uh, granite rocks, because of the glacier age, and uh, you know the uh, so the glaciers would move these boulders, deposit them all over the place. Well, there was this pretty good size, probably the size of a bed uh boulder, and here was this ranger and obviously he was dead, but he was okay. laying on his back and he was bent over the rock, and like of course, just okay. yeah he was he wasn't just laying there, I mean he was literally bent over backwards backwards okay i was gonna ask yeah. you, backwards okay yeah and uh so we like i said we obviously knew he was gone but you always have to take you know check the pulse <laughs> or, sure. or, or, or he looked odd um but it just it, it it wasn't normal it wasn't a normal dead body right and I went up and I, I, I felt for a pulse, and that's when I noticed it. There was no bone. What? Yeah. and we trans we picked the body up because we had taken out, so we had to put him over another horse, a pack horse. He had no bones.
0: Chris, you must have been thinking, I don't, I don't even know. I think I would probably stop thinking because I would have too many things my brain would go over saturation I I
1: yeah well and that's what was so you look at your partner that you're with and you're how can this be?
0: It's like whatever you do don't leave me alone. I imagine yeah. you, is this if this is a full grown man and you're like right. thinking what happened to him?
1: And so we went ahead we Took him back. They did take him in. Now we did get a report back on him because that's when it had changed to having more than one ranger. Did he
0: real quick? Did he have any other injury? I mean, did you see any injury on him
1: or wound or? No, and that's what was so puzzling. Well, we found out that he did have bones. They were just pulverized. How does
0: okay you pulverized rushed? to the
1: point where it was like. He was rubber.
0: Oh my God, that's horrible. Pick
1: up the hand, and it was just like a rubber, it just would go. And again, you just don't know. So it was almost as if he was dropped from a very high altitude. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that scenario, and I'm not going to be too descriptive, but there was no blood splatter. There was n- nothing to indicate. Right, exactly a point of impact. Exactly, because it, usually when that happens, it's just a you know a jelly mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not in this case, and so no bones and no goes. blood is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, it just.
0: Because um, I was not gonna say, okay, I was thinking, okay, to pulverize somebody's bone, you either crush them which you would, you know, get blood or like you said, or fall. And even then you think sometimes people don't fall flat, you know, people either you, you, you know, your head for, you know, some part of your body meets the ground first. Exactly. Before the rest of you. So it's not like a uniform. And even (laughs) then you and, um, and that, after that, they said no more, uh, no more solo, uh,
1: patrolling patrolling. So it started going to two ranger units and those are at your busiest parks and Mm -hmm. uh, still even to your smaller parks. If they, I mean, there are still some, like some of the the national monuments that aren't very Mm -hmm. big or some of your historical parks where you've got a ranger within five minutes of being there. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: the, the wilderness ranger, oh, absolutely not and uh it 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 does it it's like i say every every place i went it was always something different and it's uh i mean it's like a, i don't remember signing up for this
0: well because you know i i mean i can imagine i, I it's got to be difficult just to handle like you said lost kids people but normal stuff you you, you know it's, it comes as part of the of the job that, Hey, people get lost and sometimes they're children. But when there's that additional, what you're saying, that mystery, the, okay, I know that there's something more here and I don't know what it is. And even that description of what happened to that ranger,
1: that's incredible. Yeah. So even we started to become more threatened. Shall I, yeah. I guess with best word by, the parks that we served and, and mm-hmm. swore to protect sure. and you don't know who's in control of right. what is out there. And, uh, yeah, because you guys
0: are at the very bottom of the totem pole, as far as the yeah. food chain that goes up from, mm-hmm. like you said, once you put, put, you know, provide reports mm-hmm. and that's it that
1: you, you got to let it go. You got to let that paperwork go. Yeah. And uh, it, but it, uh, it just, after a while, it started making me think, okay, what, what's going to be next on the list? And am I going to be make it out of this <laughs> job alive? Chris, let me ask you something. Did you ever, either were you involved in an
0: investigation, were you there, where all of a sudden you saw some type of investigation unit that was not you guys? Because obviously you're the ones that are assigned to it come in. Just help <laughs> you're like, what are you guys doing here? Did that Does ever that happen?
1: happen? Oh, yes. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, yeah, there was a couple times where there would be reports of um, UFO sightings, for instance. Mm-hmm. Now, like I told you, the, the, the Park Service doesn't have an, a, a missing persons issue. Right. So technically, we are federal employees. That is our jurisdiction regardless, Mm -hmm. Uh, we would get reports, and I swear they have our uniforms tagged with something or some kind of transmitting device that is going right right to it. Uh, On most of the cases where there was a UFO sighting, especially if it was an alleged landing of a craft, either the military would show up or the FBI would show up. Now, the FBI really does not, is not involved no. in missing persons. No,
0: you think of them as for crime or abductions, right. kidnappings, but that's about it.
1: Exactly. I mean, kidnappings
0: so, as in, you know, like regular kidnappings, but otherwise, right. that's not what you would think they would
1: do. No, now they're federal employees. I'm a federal employee. Technically, we're mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. We would go in, and we would literally be told, "Leave the site now. You will be told what to say. If you have a problem with that, talk to your supervisor." The military would literally mm-hmm. be there with their weapons, and you're going, "Okay, my nine millimeter is going to go against." It's like the yeah, earth. yeah. It what are you going to do?
0: Weapon. It's like well, Right, you know, then, it's like, like, uh, that's it. That's incredible. You know, you yeah. hear these stories, and sometimes you think, "That is this hyperbolic as far as these descriptions," because you don't want to believe it. How can I tell you? You don't want to believe that that there's this. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, this manipulation. How's that? Of yeah. these occurrences, uh, and you know, and how can you dispute when? somebody comes in on the scene and does exactly what you described be quiet don't ask questions you know and get out of here you know or go speak to your supervisor that's it just don't talk to anybody about any of this
1: and they always threaten you in whatever manner you know who you are we know who your family is of course and of course that puts the fear of god into you sure and you go well who's going to believe me anyway really Mm-hmm. in a long ways and and they make you think that nobody's going to believe what you say or they give you some right. misinformation and it's like what are we hiding well see and this is the thing and you, and you know
0: and i'm glad you brought that up chris because this is i think till very recently now that things are changing a little bit a little bit i think a lot for years and years and years of uh, anybody that came forward to talk about anything along those lines whether it's ufos or they would somehow, the, they would angle to make the person look like a nut, yeah. you know? Not like as in I, I walk around talking to myself, but they're like, oh, man, they're, they're just imagining stuff. They're making stuff up, the persecution complex. So basically, like, they, they discredit the person. So after a while, like you said, who's going to believe
1: me? Because now it I'm thought of as a nut. Yeah. Well, I've 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 got to admit I'm I'm one of the guilty when I say you're not going to believe this, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? A lot of
0: people, it's it's it's, and then you think, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand maybe there's certain things that your government doesn't want you to know because it's, I understand. I understand about national security. I get it. Mm-hmm. But then there's things like this that you're like, okay, come on, this is not a national security thing. There's something else going on here, and it's like. Yeah, and uh, I think that it's it's I, I it makes you wonder, are they ever Well, you've seen lately? They're kind of hinting that they're going to disclose more about UFOs. Yeah. Do you think they're actually going to do it? <laughs> I thought <can>. that. OK, <laughs> I
1: wanted they, to see what you really, said. They really can't because it would cause undue panic. It would be very similar to Orson Welles version of the War of the Worlds, except now our techno gear is ten mm-hmm. times more elaborate sure. that it would go around the world instantaneously. Oh yeah! And yeah. our religion, our uh, philosophy, uh, psychology—people uh, would have heart attacks if we. Yeah. Now we all know that there is something more, but until we actually acknowledge it, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be real. The monster oh, sure. under the bed is only a monster under the bed until you grow up and then you can dismiss it. But you're you're never gonna look to find and see that monster under the bed. And if you do, right. you're gonna have problems. And that's kind of where we're at. They may one day say, then they have, you know, scientifically, uh the percentage of inhabitable planets is x times z to the 200th fortune which means right. that there's a hundred thousand planets out there that are capable of life i think that's going to be the extent Unless but you know what I, I think I'm most sorry. people are good with the
0: idea of like hey there's i think most people i understand or know or yeah i mean there's got to be not more lots of other worlds out there that have some type of life whether it's life as we know it you know carbon based or something else maybe there's something with I think the problem comes in with what you said when they tell you, "Yeah, but they're here." <laughs> yeah,
1: That's they're when everything local. changes. Yeah, and uh, but you see certain little things changing. Yes, um, you know, even uh, Pope Francis mm-hmm. came a- came across and said that he believed that there is life on other yeah. planets. Nowhere in the Bible does it say there's not, and right. uh, you know it just. Uh, we have to slowly acclimate if that's the case. But there again, oh. the powers that be called the US government. We, she, she, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like. Don't want our competitors to know that we may have advanced technology, which it's obvious we do. Well, where did we get that? You look in the last 60 years, how far we've come in our technology. Yeah, I mean it just we skyrocketed. And especially after the alleged Roswell accident. Do you and think they friendly? I'm gonna ask you this. I, think I know they, that I think there are species that are. Okay. And I think there are species that are not. Okay. And I think that they are not necessarily evil, but they're looking at us like a bunch of lab rats, just like we yes. experiment. And yes. They that's may... scary. That, that in and of itself is scary.
0: I don't yeah. think that sometimes we want to place our moral compass as humans on things that are from another world, which it's like you said, it's not that they're evil. It's just that they don't judge things bad, good or bad the way we do. Right. You know, and that's but that's still scary. <laughs> that's still scary. Uh, well, when you... Even when you look at cattle mutilations and things that they do. Yeah.
1: Oh. But there again, you can see these things. And your brain is telling you one thing, but but there's that safety door that sure, lets you go course. in and see. But I don't know for sure. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're so absolutely right. Unless I unless it affects me ge- directly, it's not real. Yeah. And I think that's a part of our mechanism of how we we survive. Sure. And it's it's not a good thing because again there's going to have to be a day when and i think what's going to happen is there's going to be a mass sighting i mm-hmm. i hate to use some of the movies as an Yeah example. i know i know i know if you get a a 10 mile mothership up above yeah how, how that's not a weather balloon <laughs> It's not I'm a weather balloon, <laughs> or that's day not day that's on. not
0: the, that's not something coming in off that Air Force base out there. Nah.
1: Yeah, it's it's not one of ours.
0: Yeah, you're um, right. Exactly, it's not one of ours.
1: <laughs> so unless that happens, but the problem too is that our movie industries yes. have done so well at making these movies of malevolent entities yes. versus benevolent entities. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, literally, I can think of three movies where the aliens proved to be positive. The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original, not mm-hmm. the remake. That sucked. Oh, uh, yeah, that no, was horrible. <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind mm-hmm. and E.T. And E.T., yeah. All the others are bam, boom, let's blow up the world. Independence Day. And, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh so why wouldn't we be afraid? And uh, because it's ingrained in our mentality. But there again, we're afraid of what we don't know. So unless it's it's taught to us and we're educated in a, a scope where we see them communicating with us or with our national leaders, there's still going to be that little piece in the back of our head that's going to say, oh, yeah, you just watched in 24 hours are going to start firing on us.
0: Well, you know what? I think also what concerns most people is that you think at the very least, they are technologically more advanced than us, which means they have superiority over us. Yes. And us, we, we consider ourselves king of the hill here as far as the earth is concerned. OK, so for us to have whatever they are here, which we know at the very least, because just of the fact that you're here, that you outgun us when it comes to technology. It's like, yeah, you could. I hope you're nice. How's that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's true. If they wanted to do away with us, they would have done so a long time ago. Oh, yeah. I, feel. Uh, I mean, We're no threat to them per se. I mean, the the more we go out in space, unless we learn from our mistakes, which I sure wish to God we do, as long as we uh,
0: You know, well, but see, it's the same thing. We're not a threat to them, which is maybe why they haven't, like you said, annihilated us, but that doesn't mean they don't have the capabilities of doing so. And I guess that's what wigs people out to know um, you know, and let's 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 face it. If you go by let's let's use that show Ancient Aliens that you think okay they've been around then for thousands of years, whether the okay. same ones or different ones, it's like okay, you know, we're like a big lab, you know, lab rats for them.
2: Yeah.
0: And nobody, uh, I mean, let's face it, we, we're we're the we're used to being the ones that use lab rats, not being the lab rats. And I think exactly. a lot of people would have a hard time getting that like hey they're nice and it's almost like yeah but because they want to be not because we're on a level playing field Mm -hmm. um it's it's it's, let me i'm waiting i i I agree with you though i think that if there is any disclosure it'll sound like a lot of and then when you analyze it'll be a lot of nothing (laughs) it's like i already knew that i knew that too like like, where's the disclosure
1: part you know when are you going to really say something definitive right
0: I think that that's what's going to happen.
1: You do, you, I mean, with the uh, Nimitz videos, that's mm-hmm. caused a lot of people to perk up and yes. say, now the Navy just said they're following something they don't know what it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think more stuff is going to have to be sneaked out or, yes. or something in order to contribute to that that the uh, higher-ups can handle. And uh, it's... It Really, I hope that when that day comes, I, this is my uh, true hope for the future, is that when the day comes and these entities are benevolent and they come mm-hmm. in peace, that we will stop all of this crap on this planet. This white, this black, this Chinese. Maybe this that's black.
0: what maybe that's what they're waiting for and they're going, oh, they're
1: at it again. <laughs> it's yeah. like when are they when are they
0: when are they gonna get it? <laughs> well, how are we gonna deal with multi species if yeah, we can't even exactly. get along with our own species? Exactly. That's and but by the way, you want do you want to unite the human race? <laughs> Throw an extraterrestrial in the mix and then all of a sudden everybody's like, us humans, you know, all yes. those differences <laughs> will cease to exist. Exactly. It won't matter, nothing, nothing. Yeah. You know, it'll be like uh, us humans. You know, it's like that's <laughs> all you need to know.
1: <laughs> Better human than green. Ugh. No, yeah,
0: man, that'll be like that's it. <laughs> it's like that that that'll put everything in perspective real quick. You oh. know, petty foolishness will stop immediately. Oh,
1: man,
2: oh lord. <laughs>
1: But it's true, yeah. it really is they'll find something but I, I do hope that we eventually evolve and sure, of course, of course that's what we can hope for more caring race and at that time, yeah, I do believe that there will be some I mean, using Star Trek as an example mm-hmm. some kind of a multi-planetary federation and all the opportunities that would be yes. bestowed I remember years ago they were talking to this professor, and I was—I thought it was the biggest crock of you know what. Uh-huh. Uh, he was saying, "Well, we know that there cannot be extraterrestrial life visiting our planet because you can only go near the speed of light." And I thought, "You're talking about a race that could be thousands of years." This is is what we know how to do. That's about it. Exactly. That's based on our credibility, not some other race that predates us God knows how long.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's like like the comfort food kind of like logic. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think too hard on this. (laughs) They can't. they're, They're too many light years away anyway, so forget it. Let's not worry about that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I got I got to go pay my car note. Hold on. You know, like so or wait, wait, wait. I I there's a great show coming on on Netflix. I don't want to, you know, that kind of like mentality like um, yeah, that, that that's too much. Yeah. And I understand there's people that this is how they function and that's just the way it is, you know, the human condition where
1: you look at how many times we go to work, we come mm-hmm. home, yes, dinner, watch TV, go to bed, get up Go to yes. work, come home. Yeah. Have dinner. it becomes a blur. It's it's redundancy. Our are yeah, there's a few out there, there's a few great minds and and, mm-hmm. and new changes, but again I go when I was young and, 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 and so forth, and I'm sure you remember this too. People used to be able to make change and they would count out the change, the, yes. the clerk, and they would know how to make out that change. Now, if it doesn't know oh, yeah. do what it is on a machine, oh yeah, they have no clue. And Let me tell here, you something. I remember my first
0: job, uh, um, you know, when they would hire extra people around Christmas time?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I remember one of my first jobs was like that. It was, you know, those old uh, registers where you would just punch yeah. in the thing in exactly like what you said. You had to give yeah. change back. And I, I had never done this before. I was in high school. And I remember, as a matter of fact, my boss's name was Mr. Bliss. I've never forgotten it. He put me through the ringer, but he showed me how to give back change. And at the beginning, I was like a nervous wreck. And you know what? Once you get over it, once your mind goes click, okay, I get it. And like you said, nowadays you tell somebody, hey, they're going to give you a 20 and it costs 1732. What's their change going to be? You know, It's going to be $2 and what? 68 cents or something like that. They'd be like, huh?
1: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they yeah. they don't have a clue, and I've even caught you know sometimes they'll take out the change and their minds kind of short short out because like yes. say oh here let me just round this out. Well, rounding it out means you're not going to give yes. out any change. Exactly. But their minds just go into deep freeze because they've already put it yes. into the machine and yes. They're yes. looking at the machine like it's mysteriously and magically going to tell them what the right answer is and it, it's pretty pathetic yes and it is. now yes. too you know in the 60s I remember seeing one of the first computers and it was the size of a building <laughs> and now we've got computers like that microchip it's it, you know it, it, that do do everything that these things couldn't do I mean we can communicate mm-hmm. we can look up uh, encyclopedias we can I mean it's sure. it's amazing
0: What's yeah it is it is people don't realize time. that but you know the only ones that have the benefit of that are people that have been around for just a little bit you know a little bit exactly. beyond the year 2000 before the year 2000 i want to use that as the breakaway point
1: yeah, um, well, yeah it's, i used to laugh when i was in eighth grade because my teacher said and by the year 2000 everybody will have a computer i went oh yeah right yes yeah and you it, were thinking, and yeah
0: well like, yeah and what that extra well, building
1: by yeah. your house yeah it's yeah. it it but it's true most of us have not only one we've got several mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, exactly. you know one one day we'll have to talk about um, one of the discoveries I kind of made uh regarding technology and its it kind of goes into religious philosophy okay. and uh dealing with uh uh the antichrist and technology wow we gotta you you, okay Chris all
0: right I'm gonna be spoiler i'm going to be contacting chris right away for a follow-up show on this he said all the right words you all know so you don't have to ask me to bring him back i am going to bring him back what do you think about that see there you go okay. <laughs> <It's like that. laughs> because yeah it's-, yeah it's 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 that that right there We're 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 on the right track with that as far as i would love to hear what you got to talk to tell me about that but anyway chris because for my podcast listeners, but I do, I am going to have a link in the credits of the show, but for my podcast listeners, what's the website they can go to if they want to uh, get more information, contact you, anything like that?
1: It's at anubisparanormal.wix.com okay. uh, backslash A-P-R-O. We're also on Facebook uh, and uh, on uh, Facebook group pages. We have all of our different chapters on there. right? And um, we're also on all the other social media. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, mm-hmm. we're at Anubis Paranormal Research Org at gmail.com. Right. So in other words, if because you told me you've
0: got different chapters in different parts of the country. So, you know, if somebody's in a certain part, you could Get maybe there's a chapter that's close by that could help them out.
2: Exactly.
0: exactly. All right. It has been wonderful to speak to you, Chris. Oh, I I, I really good. missed our conversations. As you know, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Probably to tomorrow, the day after, you're going to be getting that email, and we we're going to schedule that new show. So I want to talk about that.
1: Okay. Well, make sure you remember what
0: happened last time when we were closing. No, the- you know what comment- I'm going to. You brought that up. You remember, and I don't know if you remember, I got an EVP on our show of a cat meowing. A cat.
1: Yeah. That's and just I what I was going to say. This.
0: I heard your cat. And you're like, what cat? And by the way, I didn't have cats. I had no cats.
1: <laughs> exactly. You,
0: you mentioned to me <laughs> that you something about your mom liking cats.
1: Yeah. But this yeah. was at the
0: very beginning of the conversation. And it was like yeah. this right about now towards the end. And when it I heard, I played back. You know, I, I revert. And I'm like, hey, there's a cat. And when we talk, to say, hey, you're a cat. And you're like, I don't have a cat. i was like, but yeah, I heard your cat meowing in the background.
1: Oh, now there is something else for another show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, since I've left the park service, per se, I'm still on as a uh, uh, consultant. So okay. I still do investigate. But I've been, uh, when my dad was, when I was very young, my dad told me, he says, uh, I don't care what you do, but choose two careers. So if one doesn't work out, you'll always be able to fall back on the other. And so I chose veterinary science as my secondary.
2: Oh, okay. so that's what
1: I'm doing now. I'm, okay. And uh, I'm working in a vet hospital. And I can tell you a lot about pet ghosts.
0: Oh, we gotta talk about that because I'm an animal
1: lover. God knows, I've got I've got nine dogs.
0: Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold 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 the thought. So everybody's like, hold on. Oh, so for everybody, this is my old girl. This is my little little. Oh. She's 17 years old. Quick, quick girl. Okay, she's one of those apple head Chihuahuas. Okay, mm-hmm. she's been my traveling companion. She was so small that I could take her in one of these uh, holder. She's been to the White House. She's been to Times Square. She's been to Central Park. I've taken yeah. her everywhere. I've taken her yeah. so small. And she was a good girl. I've snuck her into restaurants. And she would just sit there, and I would take a little something, and then I would sneak it and put it in that little holder. It was mm-hmm. a SpongeBob. You know, it looked like <laughs> almost like a purse. Little right. did anybody know. Nowadays, everybody carries their pets everywhere. Yeah. But I was carrying her around with me all over the place and I've got her of course next to me on the pillow that's that's the my oldest and smallest of my not no 10 oh. dogs oh, <laughs> so that's goodness. what I'm saying We're on the, we, yeah you got to come back maybe that's going to be oh, show awesome. number three but yeah okay if anybody the cat wants to come back and meow, i go ahead <laughs> <laughs> all right Chris thank you so much it has been wonderful to talk to
1: you okay oh with you as well it was a pleasure take care bye-bye okay bye-bye
0: Yay! I'm going to bring Chris back and we're going to talk about technology and the Antichrist. You better believe it, baby. See? See? was Isn't he a great guest? Mm-hmm. He is, I hadn't talked to him, you know, time gets, you know what, it's really funny because it seems like the other day that I had my first interview with uh, Chris, uh, Christopher George. And um, back then he was living in California and he did a lot of investigations on the Queen Mary. He was, man, let me talk about knowing uh, the stories, actual firsthand experience going on to the Queen Mary. And believe it or not, I said, you know what? let me talk to him i want to catch up with him because i was thinking you know they're going to open up the queen mary now i know that a lot of restrictions for travel and vacations are going to be gone and i was thinking i wonder what's happened you know all this time that this ship has been on lockdown you know because and the reason uh, i'm going with this is that you know sometimes especially somebody like him who knows people that work there uh there's no traffic you know humans are gone so a lot of these people that work at these places, all of a sudden, they, they, they get a wealth of new experiences. They hear new things just because there's no foot traffic. There's nobody there. And I thought, you know what? If anybody's going to know about this, it's going to be Chris George. Come to find out, because, of course, time speeds along. He's no longer in California. I mean, he still has contacts out there. Like, you know, you heard what he said all about as far as what's going on with the Queen Mary. Um, and now he's in Colorado, which is just as well. But either way, he is. Um, I love talking to him because he knows the stuff. And uh, like he said, you know, there's a lot of times where um, people in their professional lives, you know, doesn't have to necessarily be a first responder or anything like that. You witness certain things where, if you're not told directly, shut up and don't say anything. It's like the unknown rule, the unknown fact. You want to kill your career? Talk about it. So in other words, you don't have to be told, don't say anything. You know it. It's like, it's like everybody knows, you know, like everybody knows, hey, that boss, that's a cool guy. That's a nice guy. That's a person that you work for. This person, no, they're great. No, work for that person. But, you know, it's like the unwritten, you know, everybody after a while, you, you, you're in on the same groove and um, same thing. And everybody thinks, well, you know what, it's the military or, you know, uh, law enforcement. They're they're the ones that are told, you know, be quiet or don't say anything or, you know, you're going to lose your credibility. And then, you know, you'll never outrun it and you can just forget about advancement. There's a lot of different, um, how can I say, job or job types that it was the same thing if you heard or witnessed anything unusual if you weren't told outright it was implied or it was kind of like hey if you ever hear don't talk yeah don't don't talk about that don't talk about that um i'm gonna i'm not gonna go into specifics i've heard of a certain bank and down in miami have been around for a very long time and eventually you know there was um Certain people there were having certain experiences, certain sightings, and basically they were told, be quiet, don't say anything. Because the last thing, think of it, you know, a bank wants to get as a reputation that it's a haunted bank or that people are seeing things or that employees. There's a lot of different fields where people are told, you know. You know, even even if you come to your supervisor, you're, you know, like it's like your supervisor is hoping you're not going to come and talk to me about that, are you? Please, don't do that. Don't do that. Like in other words, I don't, I don't want to know about that. Okay. And then there's people that are going to say, well, that was once upon a time. Mm, I beg to differ. Yeah, I think there's more transparency now because yes, you've seen all these paranormal reality shows and, blah, 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 and disclosure and blah 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 and whistleblowers. And blah, blah. Let me tell you, stuff like that is more the exception than the rule. The majority of people, uh, whether it's it, sometimes it's not even a question of advancement. It's a question of like I just want to keep my job, and I don't want to be known as either that guy or that girl or whatever. Who uh, guess what? You just be quiet. You just keep it to yourself. Whatever it is, and this could go from. Uh, paranormal manifestations to ufo sightings to depending on what you do um just weird stuff unexplained stuff uh things like what he was describing what he did after a while you're like yeah i know what this is and then you know a lot of times exactly like what he described towards the end of your that. in other words you're not where they're working anymore and it's like you know and you you know maybe this is really weighed heavy on you for a while because you're thinking man I, this is not right that That, that uh, Americans don't know about this or the public doesn't know about this, mm-hmm. this is not right. like why the secrecy over something like this unless you know it, it, even if it means more heartbreak for a family or just the fact that's being kept hidden, you know and a lot of people finally like, Chris, you decide, yeah, oh, I want to talk about it. You know anyway, to be honest with you, a lot of what what he's saying I, I want to say so much is not disclosure as in confirmation. Okay, when a lot of us have heard these stories and then you hear somebody that actually did it confirming like, no, you know what, this is not some crackpot story or these descriptions are not way out there. Uh, This actually does happen and I witnessed it firsthand. However, you know, and that's, that's another thing. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of times these people, when I said people, you're at the bottom of the totem pole, like for example, his job, you know, this food chain goes all the way up to Washington. You know, let's say if you're a federal employee, uh, you know, he's the one on the front lines. He's the person that deals with the public or in the parks or everything. And then whatever, you know, you don't know once that report is released whose hands it goes through. In other words, this is not they don't put it in a, just a local office. And a lot of these people are kept in the dark as well. You know, everybody thinks that they're part of the problem. No, they're not problem, problem. Sometimes they're victimized as well in the sense of they're not told either. They're never given any explanation. But they have to carry the burden of knowing there's something here that's not right. And I saw this and even I don't know what really this is about or what the outcome is or how did this happen? Okay, this is stuff that people after a while, it. unless you're a little psychopath and you don't care you don't have a conscience it becomes like a heavy burden when you think this is not right and by the way that's that's a good thing but at the time again if you have to support a family if you've got a mortgage you know you you're living you're living your life and part of you saying you know what this is not right but god i need my job i've got plans I've got responsibilities. I've got a family that's depending on me, okay? Um, Do I want to find out that if I say anything, what's gonna come of this? Or like when he was saying that, you know, you have agencies that kind of tell you, we know who you are. Do you you really want to call their bluff and find out, hey, I wonder if these guys really mean it. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't. And because when you weigh it in in the balance, it's like, no, nah, you know what? I can't risk it. I feel bad thinking that something's being kept either from the public or from the family or whatever the case might be. But and then I think that after a while that you carry this around and maybe you come to another point in your life, maybe it's 20, 30, 40 years later, you're like, man, I gotta I, I gotta unburden myself somehow. And maybe nobody will believe me or somebody will say yeah i've heard of that or i saw that as well or you know things of that nature it wouldn't be the first time that historically people look back and they'll say you know what there was a whistleblower somebody said something or you know there was these stories going around that everybody said oh that's a bunch of pfft. come to find out 20 30 40 years later people say man they were saying the truth they were t- they were describing the truth so again you know, uh, I'm going to bring Chris back for that follow-up interview for sure. Um, if you have any stories, if you want links to the videos, or any of the podcast platforms for any of the shows, go to Uh Also, if you want to listen to the podcast version of any of the shows without commercial interruption, okay, you can go to my website, okay, and I usually point it out to where you could go. Where basically you can download the MP3 file, okay, or just click it and listen to it. Let's say if you're you got your computer or your phone, you can actually listen right then and there if you don't want to store it. That's if you really want to listen to it without commercial interruption. Um, and again, you know, uh, you can go to my, uh, Miami Ghost uh for information on either the shows new book projects i got if you want to submit a story to me marlene Pardocom same thing you can email me at marlene at miami dot com. uh the other podcast series are nightshadediary.com and supernatural story time and i've got a lot of fabulous guests lined up a lot of fabulous guests lined up but i think you guys are really going to enjoy it and um you know that like, there's A lot of crazy stuff going on in our reality, and it is what it is. So sometimes I'm hoping that some of these shows, they kind of provide the entertainment and the time to kind of like, you know, hey, like, you know what I say, like, suspend your disbelief a little bit. If you're one of these type of people, like, oh, this, you know, BS, you know, let go of that for a little bit and just listen to us, listen to the theories, even if you at the end you go, man, they're crazy. And you know what? It it it, it helps you um, not worry or maybe just if you've got things going on where you're worried about a lot of different things that are going right now on in our world, that it just suspends you for a little bit of time and then you have to deal with reality again, even though I personally think that a lot of the things that we're talking about is grounded in reality. But um, it just lets you uh, relax a little bit and think about, man, that's a, the what-ifs, you know, the what-ifs that... Uh, There's so many things, so many mysteries in our world. So again, guys, thank you so much for being part of my audience. You're all wonderful. And please come back next week for another show.